Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will begin to get better. So sometimes it's a recovery. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes the person begins to amend like the nobleman's son. Sometimes it's that the fever breaks and the person begins to get better. Look, whether your healing is instantaneous or it isn't instantaneous, one thing is this, keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Continue to believe God. Continue to speak his word. Continue to say the same things about your healing, about yourself, that the word of God says about you. Don't let doubt rob you. Welcome to Rema Faith Radio. Right now, here's Reverend Talks with today's message. Good day, everyone. Welcome once again to our broadcast. And um, I trust you'll be blessed today as well. We'll be looking at seven most important things about divine healing. Seven most important things about divine healing. That's what we've been looking at. And then the first uh, in the point we made in this series, we said healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. And we saw scriptures, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, and 1 Peter 2, 24. Healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Then the second point we made, we said healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. And then we saw scriptures, Acts 10, 38, John 10, 10, Luke 13, 16, and 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. Healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Acts 10, 38, John 10, 10, Luke 13, 16, and 1 John 3, 8. So that was a second point. A third point, which is uh, we made in the series as we build it up, we said God not only provided healing under the old covenant in the Old Testament, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant in the New Testament. And then we saw scriptures that show us that Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 23, 25 and 26, Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 13 to verse 15. And then we also saw from Galatians 3.13, Deuteronomy 28.61, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, Mark 16, 15 to 20, and James 5, 14 and 15. That God not only provided healing under the old covenant in the Old Testament, but he has also provided healing under the new covenant in the New Testament. So that was the third point that we made. Then our fourth point, we said God has provided various methods whereby healing can be obtained. God has provided various methods whereby healing can be obtained. And then we looked at seven different methods. We said the best method by knowing and acting on the word of God for yourself. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. You know that in your spirit. And then on the basis of that, we act on God's word by ourselves and we can appropriate our healing. 
and knowing and acting on the word of God. Then we said number two, demanding your healing in the name of Jesus. John 14, 13 and 14. Then number three, we said praying for healing, praying to the Father in the name of Jesus for your healing. John 16, 23 and 24. Then we said number four, the prayer of agreement. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Then number five, we talked also about the place of anointing the sick with oil. James 5, 14 and 15. Talked about the fact that it's not the oil that heals. It's the prayer of faith that does. And the Lord is the one who raises up. Anointing with all the name of the Lord. That's a scriptural method as well. Through which healing can be appropriated, can be received. Then number six, we talked about the laying on of hands. Mark 16, 17 and 18. The fact that the laying on of hands can be practiced. First, as a point of contact for the sick person to release their faith and also the fact that the laying on of hands can be practiced from the standpoint of the law of contact and transmission people some people are anointed with healing power and the contact of their hands can, can transmit God's healing power into the bodies of the sick so that talks about the laying on of hands and then the seventh method we looked at whereby healing can be appropriated is through gifts of the spirit particularly the gifts of healings, praise God, which is a manifestation, a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Ghost, destroying the works of the devil in the physical body. And healing is brought about, praise God, by the power of God's Spirit. When it's a manifestation of the Spirit, it's not you believing God, it's just God initiating something on His own. So that covered our fourth point. Yeah, God has provided various methods whereby healing can be obtained, praise God. We can hook up on any of those seven and appropriate our healing. So that was our fourth point. Then our fifth point, we said we need to know the difference between God initiating healing through a manifestation of gifts of the Spirit and man initiating healing through his own faith. Praise God. We talked about that as our fifth point. So we began the sixth point in the last episode. And what was our sixth point? Or what is our sixth point? We said this, that healing is not always instant. Sometimes it is gradual. Healing is not always instant. Sometimes it is gradual. And then we looked at a few examples of that. We saw from John 4, from verse 46 to 54, concerning the nobleman that came on behalf of his son. And Jesus told that man, he said, Go thy way, thy son liveth. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him and he went his way. And then by the time he got home, which was the next day, he was met on the way and he was told that his son was healed. Then the Bible tells us he inquired the hour he began to amend. And when they told him it was the previous day, the seventh hour, he knew that was the same time Jesus told him to go his way. So you see, the nobleman's son wasn't healed instantly. He was healed gradually. But yet the Bible calls it a miracle. It is actually the first miracle of healing that occurred under the ministry of Jesus. Now Jesus had the Holy Ghost without measure. But yet the first instant, the first uh, 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 case of somebody being healed under his ministry, it wasn't an instantaneous manifestation. It was gradual. That in itself is instructive. Praise God. So healing can be gradual. It can be instantaneous. The uh, centurion, the, the, the 
we find the case of the centurion too who came in faith. We see the woman with the issue of blood. She was healed instantly. The moment she touched Jesus' clothes, the Bible says straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up. So sometimes it's instantaneous, some other times it's not. But whether your healing is instantaneous or it's not instantaneous, keep the switch of faith turned on. Talked about the fact that John Lake said many of our instant healings are a curse to us. People get healed instantly and they forget God so quickly. But when they continue to release their faith, they continue to walk in close fellowship with God, they continue to walk in line with his word, then not only do they get a blessing, they also learn a lesson. And then something of eternal value becomes worked in them. Praise God. So it can be instantaneous. If it is great, it can also be gradual. We also saw from Luke chapter 17 and in verse 14, talking about the 10 lepers, the Bible says, And when he saw them, he saith unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, when were they cleansed? As they went. Were they cleansed the moment Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest? Obviously, they weren't. They turned around. They still weren't cleansed. They began to go in that direction. And the Bible says, as they went. So it was gradual. It happened as they went, as they acted on the word that Jesus had given them. That was when they were cleansed. So it can be gradual too. Let's look at a few more cases where healing wasn't instantaneous, where it was gradual. Now in John chapter 9, John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7, the Bible tells us, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him, I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Verse 6. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Verse 7. And said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seen. Now obviously, this wasn't instantaneous either. The man was blind from birth. Jesus spat on the ground. The moment Jesus began a, a spat, uh, 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 the man's healing had begun. He made clay of the saliva. The man's healing had begun. Then he anointed the man's uh, eyes with the clay. The man's healing was in process. Then he told the man to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. Now, the man turned. He must have gone his way to the pool of Siloam. How close was the pool of Siloam to where they were? Well, we may not know that for sure, but we do know this. He wasn't at the pool of Siloam. The man went to the pool of Siloam. Might have taken him some time to get there. And um, as he was going, his healing was in process. As he began to wash his eyes with the water from the pool of Siloam, his healing was continuing. He finished washing his eyes, washed the clay off his eyes, and he began to see. So, healing, in this case, this man's healing wasn't instantaneous. 
His healing was a process. It was a process. And it happened as he acted on what Jesus had told him. It happened as he acted on what Jesus has told him, had told him. Now, what does it mean to act on the word of God? See, believing is an act of the will. Believing is acting on God's word. So he believed God. He acted on his word. And as he acted on the word of God, his healing was perfected. Now, we saw that in the case of the nobleman who came on behalf of his son. He believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And as he believed that word, his son began to amend from that hour. We saw also the case of the ten lepers. The Bible says, as they went. Now, where were they going? Jesus told them, go show yourselves to the priest. So as they acted on the word that Jesus gave them, their healing was manifested. Then we're seeing it also here in the case of the man that was born blind in John 9 from verse 1 to 7. That the man acted on the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And as a result of him acting on God's word, his healing was perfected. You see, faith is acting on the word of God. And it's by faith that we receive. So if your healing is instantaneous, great. If your healing isn't instantaneous, what do you do? You keep the switch of faith turned on. You keep the switch of faith turned on. Let's look at another example of a healing that wasn't instantaneous, that was gradual. Now, if we read in Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 8, from verse 22 to 26, Mark 8, 22 to 26, the Bible says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Verse 26 and he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. Now, this is another case of a healing that wasn't instantaneous. It was gradual. It was gradual. How and when did it happen? When did the man's healing begin? It was at bedside. The man was blind. Jesus took the blind man by hand and led him out of the town. So all the while, as Jesus was holding the man's hands, as Jesus was leading the man out of the town, we could say the man's healing had begun. The process of his healing, the process towards his healing had begun. Then we see here, the Bible says that, and when he had spit on his eyes, so Jesus spat on the man's eyes. And after spitting on the man's eyes, he put his hands upon him. So he spat on the man's eyes and put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw aught, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, Jesus put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. So Jesus spat on the man's eyes, and he laid hands on him. And after Jesus laid hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. The man 
said he saw men as trees, which meant that his healing wasn't perfected. Now, some people have said that Jesus prayed for the man more than once. We're not even told Jesus prayed for the man at all. All we are told here is that Jesus spat on the man's eyes. Jesus laid hands on him. We're not even told he prayed at all. And then the man couldn't see fully yet. Then Jesus laid hands on him again. So this is another case of a healing that wasn't instantaneous. The man wasn't made perfectly whole, whole instantly. It was a process. And like I said earlier in the last episode, that healing is by degree based on two conditions. First, the degree of healing power that's administered. And second, the degree of faith that gives action to that power. You see, it's our faith that gives action to the power of God. It's our faith that activates his power. Jesus let this man out of town. Now, Bethsaida had been cursed because of their attitude towards the gospel. So Jesus didn't minister to the man in Bethsaida. He led him out of town. And after leading him out of the town, he ministered to him the way he did. He ministered to him more than once. Sometimes people may need uh, ministry more than once. Is it okay to lay hands on the same person more than once? Well, Jesus did so in this place. Praise God. He laid hands on the man more than once. Now, the principle which we must never forget is that we need to continue to walk in faith. We need to continue to walk in faith. It's our faith that gives action to the power of God. It's by faith that we receive from him. And it's our faith that gives action to his power. And let's look at Mark 16, 17 and 18, talking about the fact that healing is not always instant. Instant. Sometimes it is gradual. Mark 16, 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Notice the last 11 words spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark's gospel. Those 11 words were this, they shall lay hands on the sick and they, the sick, shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will begin to get better. So sometimes it's a recovery Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes the person begins to amend like the nobleman's son. Sometimes it's that the fever breaks and the person begins to get better. Look, whether your healing is instantaneous or is, it isn't instantaneous, one thing is this. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Continue to believe God. Continue to speak his word. Continue to say the same things about your healing, about yourself, that the word of God says about you. Don't let doubt rob you. Now, with some people, their healing begins, but it never reaches fruition. It never reaches, gets perfectly consummated. Because somewhere along the line, sometimes some folks stop walking in faith. Some even stop walking with God entirely. And as a result of these things, the devil is able to steal the full manifestation of their healing. Listen, that doesn't have to happen to you. What do you do after hands are laid on you or after prayer 
or after you are ministered to, depending on through which method you are ministered to, what do you do? It's simple. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Continue to say out of your heart, because you do believe it, that I believe that I receive my healing. I believe that I receive my healing. You see, in Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, when are you going to have the things you desire and pray for in faith? You're going to have them after you believe that you receive them. Now, when do you believe that you receive those things before you have them? So you see, Jesus is simply saying in Mark eleven twenty four that you've got to believe you've got it when you don't yet have it and then you will get it. You got to believe you're healed when you don't yet look healed. You don't yet feel healed. Your circumstances don't line up with the fact that you're healed. But you got to believe you're healed when you're still feeling sick and then you will be healed. You see, the believing comes first and then the having follows. And notice also that according to Mark eleven twenty four, the moment you pray is the moment you are to start believing that you receive. The moment you pray is the moment you are to release your faith. You are to say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Now, some people, they start out in faith. But somewhere along the line, they get into doubt. They get into doubt. They get into fear. They get into panic. Like Peter. Peter initially was walking on the water. John 14, 22 to 33. He was walking on the water. But after a while, the Bible says when he saw the wind boisterous, now, wasn't the wind boisterous before he started walking on the water? Sure, it was. It was boisterous. The wind was boisterous. The circumstances were boisterous. They were contrary. But the man acted. Peter acted on Jesus' instruction to him. And as a result of him acting on God's word, he walked on the water. He's the only other person we have record of in the New Testament who walked on water. Praise God. He walked on water. What enabled him to walk on water? He believed God. But you see, because he got into doubt, he didn't get the fullness of what God intended for him. Don't let the devil rob you of that which belongs to you. Don't let doubt, don't let fear, don't let any of those things rob you of your healing. Once you release your faith, keep the switch of faith turned on. For no matter how long it might seem to take, keep the switch of faith turned on. Continue to believe God. Continue to speak his word. Why? Because the word of God always works. And healing is his will. Healing belongs to us. Healing is our birthright. It's our family right. It's our redemptive right. It's our gospel right. It's our right. We have a right to it. Praise God. And what? are we to do? Keep the switch of faith turned on. Keep believing God's word. Keep speaking in line with God's word. See, 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You see, we've got that same spirit of faith. We're walking in that same spirit of faith. And that's why we believe and speak the word of God. Because that's what God expects of us. That's what God demands of us. Amen. That we continue to believe him. That we continue to stay strong and to stand strong in faith. 
that we continue to trust in his word and he will bring his word to pass. So, what do you do after you have prayed or after you have been prayed for or after you have ministered to someone or someone has ministered to you? What do you do? You keep the switch of faith turned on. How do you do that? You keep saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You keep saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You keep doing that. You keep saying with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And according to Jesus, you're gonna have it. So the believing comes first and then the having follows. But the moment you praise, the moment you are to believe that you receive. That's the moment you are to release your faith. Notice that Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's our faith that gives substance to our hopes. It's our faith that is the evidence of what we do not see. And that's why it's mighty important for us to stay in faith, for us to keep believing God, for us to keep trusting in his word, because he will bring that word to pass. Praise the Lord. Well, with that, we've come to the end of today's uh, broadcast. We trust you were blessed. Look forward to having you at the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to Remo Faith Radio, brought to you by the partners and friends of Remo Nigeria. We offer training in God's Word and in the things of the Spirit for victorious Christian living and success and fulfilling ministry. Go to RemaNigeria.com to find out more on how to become a student or partner of Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria. Please call 081-01-166836. The number again, 081-01-166836. Kenneth Higgins Rema Bible Training Center Nigeria is here just for you.